Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards, where our goal is to help you increase your leadership capacity. Let's get ready for today's episode. Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable with Pastor, Dr., and Reverend Conway Edwards. Right. We're going to have a good time today. We want to thank you all for joining us. This is going to be a blast. Now, the whole reason we get together is to help you expand your leadership capacity. So we want to thank you. We really are honored that you would hang out with us today. And you can also go to our webpage at visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable, where we'll have notes and resources available for you also. Now today, as we jump in, we have Pastor Conway Edwards and we have Come on. the illustrious Luke illustrious. Brownell. The one and only. We call him Nelly around here. Luca Nelly is what we call him. Yes. Luke, one of our campus pastors is here and one of the creative minds behind what you see at One Community Church. So we have a great talk today. Come on. Luke, you doing all right? I'm doing great. I was yes, just sir. making we sure. You didn't introduce yourself, though. And my name is Matt Anderson. That's... That's good enough. Yeah. That's right. That's so right. it's a good idea, by the way. Just fast forward through all of this and then start just when the material the, starts. Okay? Yeah, there we go. That's what I do with all the podcasts. Yeah, just hit that 30-second fast forward. That's it. That's it. That's now, you don't want to miss this part. Today, we're going to talk about, <laughs> in church and in leadership, how to create sticky environments. And I want to start this off by asking you, just when you hear the word sticky, what comes to mind? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, Luke, do you want to answer that? I'm going to answer that for the camera. Okay, good, yeah. good, good, good. When I think sticky, I think any place that helps make sure people are going to hang around and make this church their home. That's what I think. Well, that's a very pastoral answer. Right. When I think They sticky, don't want to hear the other... I think of when my kids spill juice on the floor and my foot, my shoe sticks to it and it doesn't want to come up. You mean every day? That's, yes. That's our house. That's so funny. When I think sticky, I think of ideas on the wall, putting sticky notes oh, everywhere. Sticky notes. And I think, oh, that's going to be a great idea. Oh my gosh, that's going to be incredible. That's what I think of. So I'm just, I guess, boring and uh, think about church a lot. No, I think I, I take the cake on the boring idea. <laughs> <laughs> but sticky is all about something sticking. And just imagine for a moment, we're going to talk about how to make your organization or your church sticky. Uh, just imagine for a moment two churches. Uh, imagine two churches where they both have, let's make up a number. Let's say they both have a hundred guests on any given weekend and one church's stickiness rate is 20% and the other church's stickiness rate is 50%. What that means is, is out of a hundred people, one church is going to connect 20 out of a hundred. The other church is going to connect 50. So just think about where you want to be in your stickiness. Now, if they both have the same number of guests, but one gets 20 connected, one gets 50 connected, that means the one that only has 20%, they need to bring in two and a half times more guests to get that many people connected as the other church. That's good. So you have to do twice the work when you're not as sticky and you're missing opportunities to connect people. So stickiness is big. And what your percentage of retention is, this works in business and organizations and in church. And we want to talk about how church can be sticky in all of your environments. Yeah, I, um, there are very few topics that I'm more excited about than this one because I think uh, too often pastors in particular, leaders in particular, miss out on how to create great organization and great ministries, great churches, because 
uh, they think the work is done on Sundays and then they're done. When really, in stickiness, the work really begins on Monday and most of the work doesn't happen on the weekends, but it happens during the week. And so the first thing I want to start out with is by reminding us that you're always in a season. Everybody, we're always in a season. Um, as a church, we have four seasons. We call it attach, uh, att- att- no, attract, attach, a door, and a line. Those are the seasons we have. And um, you're always in one. And your job as a leader is to know what season you're in and what season you're going to, what seasons you're coming out of, and which ones you're heading to. And then how do we lead the organization, lead the church, to prepare the body for whichever season we're in? So if you're in the Easter season, then you're preparing everybody to attract. So you're asking everybody to invite their friends. You're giving them uh, cards to give out. You're doing flyers, all that kind of stuff, because you're trying to attract people to church. And then when it's time, the next season is at attach season so now you're trying to get them sticky and attached to the church everybody needs relationships you're trying to get them new friends everybody needs uh to serve somewhere so you're trying to get down that path and so it's all about how do i attach people that now have come to church how do i attach them and in light of that grow the body of believers at the same time look at what you got initially well, yeah, I think we need to learn the culture of the community that you're in, and you also need to learn the person that you're attaching, because attachment ne- means something different for every individual, and if you're just using a blanket structure to put everybody into a particular uh, attachment um, process, you're going to lose a lot of people, and um, and so the the process needs to be specific enough and careful enough to be able to learn individuals and find out what matters to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pastor Man, I think that um, the first thing, we're going to give you 10 things. The first thing I think that's vital is this idea of a mindset. How, how do you view these people that are coming to your church, that God's blessed with you, that they have now visited? How do you view them? What, what's in your mind when people come, let's say they got saved, let's say they want to be baptized, let's say they want to join a community group, let's say they just came and they want to go home. Uh, how do you, what's in your mind? What's rolling in the back of your mind? And so one of the things that, that, that I try to drive home with our whole church, and it's in uh, one of the books that we wrote, um, is the importance of seeing every person as them desiring to know God's will for their lives. And what that means is they are a vital part of your body. So we have this thing called the Leadership Cube, which is where if you look at it as a window, which has four boxes, top right, you have stars, bottom right, you have solid citizens, top left, you have uh, new people, bottom right, you have people who need to be transitioned out. but if you, the most important one, stars, you just leave them alone. They love what they do. Let them thrive. Uh, solid citizens, they're people who are good at what they do, but they have boundaries. But the, the, you don't spend, you tell those people, solid citizens, thank you. You tell stars, freedom, let them run. The place you spend most of your time is with new people because you don't yet know. Where are they going to end up? Are they going to be stars? Are they going to be solid citizens? Are they going to have to go to a different ministry? So when you get people, when God blessing people and they're coming to your church, it's your job to see this as the most important, one of the most important roles you have is to make sure they get matriculated well into your system. And so I don't know, pastors, I don't know. You can't delegate this one. You've got to be a part of this because it's the, it's the, it's the gateway to solving ministry problems that you have where you don't have enough people. It's the gateway to solving a massive problem that somebody probably fixed in their organization, in their church, in their last church that they were at. Uh, and so you don't want to miss out on these amazing 
people that God is blessing you. And lastly, you can never get to your full redemptive potential until you uh, matriculate every person that's come to your church into their role because God's given you everything you need to fulfill your mission. Sometimes we just forget to engage the people in those areas. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, I just think we we too often get enamored with numbers and filling seats and even, you know, whatever it is. We get so many people here and we lose sight of the goal that it, it goes both ways. Those people are God. God has entrusted us with those people. They are a gift to God's church and the church is a gift to them fulfilling their purpose in life. And if we just get caught up on numbers, then we miss the whole thing about individuals and performance and mm-hmm. actually not performance and purpose and connecting people to what God's called them to do. Because your church, our church, nobody's church will reach its full potential until every single person has gotten connected to what yeah. God has for their life. That's good. Um, and I think so. I've had the privilege over the 20 years of working in three different churches. This would be the third one. Love the environment here. And what I've learned is that. I, a lot of churches are waiting on people to engage. Mm-hmm. So the posture is they wait and see what happens. And most of the time, people aren't just going to naturally lean into the church. And so what you have is a culture where the people who are involved are the ones who initiated that involvement or they stepped into a process that was available. What we're doing this week and, and what we commonly do is all the processes are still there. Everything is in place. We're calling them and everything else. But the pastors, the campus pastors are are also calling every single person that visited and the ones that are looking to get engaged and we're bringing them on an additional 15 minute check-in every week just so we too can be part of the process of learning who they are and making sure that as they get connected we can speak to the process of where they're going to get connected yeah no that's really good and so uh you know we start out with a go so whatever Whatever, let's say it's Mother's Day, let's say it's Easter, let's say it's Christmas Eve services, whatever the, whatever the big day is, right, when school opens up, then we try to say whatever we get to that number, we want to get uh, 75% to 80% of that crowd as our normal set. So we're starting out with whatever number that is. If you're normally at 100 and at Easter you do 200, then we're trying to get 150, 160 to be our new normal, knowing that some people came from out of town and they're not going to come back. But literally, we're trying to get it back. So then you have to start with, okay, that's our goal. How do we get 75% of our peak numbers? How do we get them to now say, this is home? And now here's what we call it. Here's what I call it. I now say, how do I get them to be owners of their church? Not just how do I get them to be members, but owners. And for them to be owners, then you've got to do a number of different things. You've got to get them to own it like it's theirs. Well, that means you got to get them to serve. That means you got to get them to make it a part of a family. That means you've got to get them involved in leadership, appropriate levels, by the way. And, and so you've got to find ways for them to own their church. It's not the pastor's church. It's their church. And you've got to find ways to pull that off. So what we try to do is we try to, first of all, make sure that every time we talk to somebody, we have an immediate meeting that they're going to that week. 
every single time. So let's say we talk to 20 people. Then my goal would be for 15 of those people to have another meeting that they're going to that very week. So if it's Easter or Mother's Day, we're calling them that evening, and we're trying to get them to a meeting on Wednesday, a Zoom call perhaps, or an in-person meeting on a Wednesday. Why? Because people that are far from God or people that have not been regular to church, it's not their rhythm. And so since it's not their rhythm, they're going back to their old rhythm. They just came to church today, but they're going back. So you now have to create a new rhythm for them and change the wiring in their brains so that now they see that this is not just, I'm done, I checked the box, but it is now a new lifestyle that you're trying to embrace them in where they're reordering their steps and their priorities. Because remember, people naturally drift and you have to remind them and we have to remind them of what their priorities really are according to what the Word of God says in Matthew chapter 6, that you ought to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then everything else will be added unto you. What do you guys think? I'm done after that. (laughs) (laughs) Luca, anything to add in terms of what you did even this last week, whenever we have high moments? uh, How do you try to get them to the next meeting that they're in, and what has that been like as you seek to get them? Whether it's a first-time guest call, whether it's a a ministry call, a discipleship call. How do you, how does that work out for you? How's it worked out? Well, it's two things. One, the team did a great job of setting up pre-meeting. So there was literally three or four classes. There was a membership class, a, vis- uh, a volunteer class, a baptism class, and another one all on Monday at mm-hmm. evening. So they were immediately getting called and invited to those classes. And there was, there was uh, almost 100 people in the first one that, that I was in, mm-hmm. and that was one of four. And and then the additional one is that we're also calling them ourselves. And we want to make sure, and this is this speaks to the next point, is that somebody, you would say somebody owns them until they're attached. In other words, it's just somebody who is there to make sure that there is no crack for them to slip through, yeah. that um, that they are the one texting and following up. If they're going to decide not to be engaged, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with how well we did connecting them. It's because they decided they wanted to just swim away from the boat. That's on them. Our part is we do everything we can um, in connecting with them to make sure that yeah. they do get connected. And that's really, that, and that happened weeks before the big event. Sure. Yeah. If you're after your big event now, it's almost too late. Now, it's, not, it's never too late. Right. But every... For us, what it looked like is is praying, what are the next steps we're trusting God that people will take? That's a good point. And here's those four steps. And then if we know we're asking people and we're trusting God that they'll take those steps, then how do we, what Pastor Luke was saying, after the event, have those steps ready? So that they don't just check a box, but when they check that box, they've got options all week of when they can not just check it, but have both automated and personal phone calls giving them an option to fulfill what they want to take for their next step. So it's the work done ahead of time. Yeah, that's and that's because we've taken some bruises where we've, we've been through some. Where yeah. We said, oh, <laughs> we got 70 people that want to get baptized. What are we doing? You know? right. But it's not too late because even as pastors, the church is never too big to think small. And Pastor that's Conway good. was saying this earlier, yeah. um, which gives to the, the first point was every person is important. Yeah. It's easy when you look at a large crowd to go, oh, it's a big church now. It, it's always one person. That's how God sees the crowd anyways, is one person. And so as long as you see it that way as the pastor, your whole week is phone calls until every person's contacted or just does not respond to you. And that's going to happen. But until you know, you don't know if they're going to answer. And I don't know how else to say this. Um, You just got to love people. If you don't, if you're not feeling their pain, Mm -hmm. if you don't 
feel the lady that this weekend came up to me and says, hey, man, I was, as I've been in four adulterous relationships. If you don't feel that, then you can let them slip to the side and slip through the cracks. But if you really know the heartache of people who decided to come to church and know that they're in these mental prisons, and if you don't want to help them get free from that, then it's then it's again then then you don't care that much. But if you know what's at stake, then 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 I can't let this person fall through the crack. I just can't. I just I just know I don't want them going back into the pattern of behavior that's got them to saying, okay, I give up. I gotta go to church because this there's no lower that you can go. So I I just challenge us all that we we've got to remind ourselves as to why we're doing it. That's why it doesn't matter how many people come to your church. You still got to care about the one. The one matters more than anything else. And the moment you lose the value of the one, you should get out of ministry. You just should because we're you're forgetting what it's like to be that person that wonders if they're going to accept me when I come to church. And if you, go ahead. Sorry, no, 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 that's good. And if if you forget that, then the heart behind what you do is lost. And then you don't care. And then it's just, uh, you're going to work to get paid and you're going to work because you're trying to, you know, advance yourself. And you're going to work because you just see it as a job, not a divine assignment. There is nothing greater that we could be doing but equipping saints to do the work of the ministry. And we get to do that. And so I just want to remind you that that you got to check your heart on your motive because that's if that's not there then it's then it will become tedious it will become work it will become painful and you'll miss the joy it'll suck all, all the joy out of what you yeah. do so that's it. Yeah, I was just going to say maybe there's maybe there's a pastor listening who's lost that passion mm-hmm. and there's no greater way. I mean, one of the ways that we lose that is when we when we spend time in the office, when we spend time isolated from people, and we're just working on things or things. It, the greatest way, and this is in business too. If you're a leader in business, one of the greatest ways businesses and organizations miss it is when they stay in the boardroom and they lose sight of the edges of the organization. And one of the great things we've been doing this week after Easter when we're recording this, after a big day is making personal calls. Because I know, Luke, you were telling me the calls have been awesome. I know I've had phone calls where when you get on a phone call and you talk to somebody and you know, I'm, you're know you talking to them about baptism or whatever, next step, and then you just start asking them about their experience. How was Easter? How did God speak to you? And and nothing gets me more fired up yeah. than talk just being with people. So if you've, if you've removed yourself from people, Get back in the game. <laughs> Get back in there. I like what you said a second ago about the pain. You're, it, when you lose touch with that, you're going to feel the pain of, of not having a heart for ministry. And so it's almost like you're choosing your pain. Yeah. You can feel the pain of the people, or you can feel the pain of being disconnected. But either way, um, I think God wants us to feel, feel the pain of the, of the people. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that I admire about Pastor Conway is he's always... And, and us as well, holding us accountable to making sure we never graduate from connecting with people. We literally just have a, I have a clipboard, and it's in my car, and I'm always just, just calling. And if a person answers, it's great. They don't always, really, but it's great. Really, really is. Uh, number four, then. Let's keep it moving. We'll have 10 of these to go through if we ever make it, okay? Uh, number four is, I, I always try to challenge us to build one 
uh, what I call mini congregations. So as a church grows, it grows from one congregation to multiple mini congregations. And the better, the more leaders you have that can lead mini congregations, the healthier the church is and the faster it grows and the wider and the more people come, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the challenges out of every big day that we have, and a big day is just where you leverage the whole church to invite everybody to come to church, right? Um, What we try to do is then ask the question, what's the congregations that we want to build? What's the big mini congregation that we're trying to build? So, you know, you have some big ones. You have guest services where you have a lot of people that want to be ushers and greeters. That's easy, not too hard. Or the choir. And you want a lot of people who just want to sing. And even if they can't sing, they can hide in the crowd. Or let's say children's ministry, right? So you have some big mini congregations that you can build. So you just choose one, two, or three of them and say, this is where we're challenging most of the people to be. And then it becomes your goal. How many people do we want in the choir? How many people do we want in in kids ministry? How many people do we want in social media? How many people do we want in whatever the area is? But that becomes a challenge for you. And then you lead your congregation toward, hey guys, this is this is just an area we're trying to build up. Can we see how we can pull this off for the glory of God? And then you move in that direction. On Mother's Day, for us, it was, hey, you know what? We want to have a good men's uh, choir. Let's see if we can get a, a, a certain amount of men in the choir so that we can have that for Mother's Day. And it'd be a unique thing for them, right? So that's the, one of the congregations we're trying to build. How about you? What, what do you want? What's your greatest need? And how do you help uh, your church have a momentum moving forward in a particular area when it comes to mini congregation? I've been working on my singing voice, so I've been... I'm, I'm that's, not, that's not Pastor Matt's that is not. That's not his gift. That's not his... Uh, talent, that's not his, um, you know, uh, that's not anything. That's probably just oh, not what he needs to okay. do right now. I have to find another <laughs> congregation. That's probably why. Another mini that's congregation. Probably, that's probably. But you have to have, <laughs> in order to have successful mini congregations, you have to have sticky leaders. This is a great opportunity for you to have leaders step up and lead somebody you're thinking this could be the person with some potential. Yep. They've, you've got to have a sticky person over each one of those so that when people come, they stick, and it just helps you break down it into smaller groups. Yeah, and I would even broaden the term for leadership in this context because sometimes it's the person who's just good at connecting with people yeah, and making sure that they don't let people um, out of their out of their side. If they can connect with 30 or 40 people, that's a great individual really to put in that role. You bet. All right, let's move to the next one. Number five, uh, you want to attach them to communities. Now, every time I have a meeting with somebody, this is so important. I've told you this many times. Every time I have a meeting with somebody, I have four buckets that I have that I'm going to put them in. Just four buckets. Because I never have a meeting that I don't have a strategic next step for the person. Never. I don't have one because I always have one of four places that I want them to go. So for me, um, you know, I'm discipling guys right now. Last night I discipled uh, probably 40 guys on, my, on, a, on a Zoom call where I'm going over the gospel mark with them. Why? You know how I get those guys? Because whenever I meet with a guy, a young man, and I think he needs to be discipled, he'd never been discipled, I want to personally show him how to be discipled. So then that means when I'm talking to you, if I see that you have some interest there, then I want to bring you closer, and I want to say, meet me on Wednesday nights, let's jump into the gospel of Mark, and let's go through through it word by word, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, as we go through the gospel of Mark. Another one might be, hey, you know what? I want you to come to a leadership meeting. And you're not ready for leadership yet, but I just want you to be in the environment so that you can hang out with that. No. Another one might be, you know what? Maybe maybe you just need to go see a counselor right now and need to hang out with a counselor. That's a that's a next step. But I have buckets that I'm putting people in that I can get them engaged. Another one might be a small group. If I find a couple that I think might be pretty healthy, I might bring them into our, into our small group and say, you know what? We have a small group coming up 
this Sunday, why don't you join me in mine? You know what I've just done? I closed the loop. I've closed it completely. So now they're now attached. Somebody's owning them. I'm owning them. If I don't, then I'm going to find somebody and a ministry leader. Uh, just yesterday, I brought somebody in. I was meeting with them, and they said, you know what? I've never served before. I want to be an usher. And I went down the hall, brought in one of our guys uh, who oversees all our um, guest services, and said, hey, man, just connect with him. And I made the connection right there. You know what? I'm not leaving it. I'm not texting it. I'm not, I want them to meet each other immediately. Yeah. Why? So that he can be in their meeting on the following Thursday when all the guest services volunteers meet. You've got to close the loop and you've got to see it as vital. Because can you imagine if if I forgot that and then you have 10 other men or women that forgot that. No, you have 10 people that are disconnected because we dropped the ball. So whenever you can close the loop, it becomes vital. What do you guys got? Um, yeah, one thing that, that I've learned from Pastor Conway is that in all those areas, he has very good visibility on the individuals in that group. So that as people rise or pop up or they, they, they kind of become identified as leaders or have greater potential, they don't just get lost in, and hidden in the organization in, in kind of an unsatisfying role. They have better, bigger, better potential and maybe God has something more for them. And that method enables a lot of visibility and interaction um, and it kind of aggregates all those interactions so that it makes it more possible aggregates that's a good word i'll tell you what luke's always bringing the the vocab sorry about um that. but i i think for me it it um it's just like a big day the planning comes beforehand mm. and too many of us raise your hand if it's you right now if you're jogging or in the car just raise your hand have you had a bunch of conversations with people after church and they were great conversations and then you get home and you're like man i had a bunch of great conversations but that's all you had yeah. mm. and you need to walk into every conversation trusting god and knowing everybody i talked to today they need to go into one of these four places that's it and mm-hmm. cl- go beyond just great conversations yeah. where you just have a good connection to actually connecting and closing the loop. Yeah. And that only happens with intentionality and prayer and trusting God that he's trusting that he's really the one sending the people to you yeah. for a reason that's and true. then connecting that's to that reason. So I, It really is important. And that's why you can't downplay the heart of the person. You've got to know, man that you really care about people and you don't want them to go to another church and be dissatisfied mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they came here, tried it, and everybody left me alone. And here I am again, all alone. Mm-hmm. So you've got to have a place. That's why we have dinners that we take people. So if I don't know where to go immediately, then I just say, hey, man, let's go to dinner and we take you know, 20, 30 people out and just have a conversation just to see where they are. At least I have more time to then put them in a bucket. So it's just one way to make sure that as people come to you, you try to figure out how do I keep them and make sure they're attached and then find another place for them that they're going to become a contributor to the team. Remember what we're doing is we're moving them from guests to owners. You've got to get them to owners mm-hmm. of the vision where they're not just a regular attendee. They're not owners of the vision. All right. What else we got? Tell us, talk to us about the database, automated follow-up, and the guest services system as number six and seven. What do you guys got? Um, in, in today's day and age, if you don't have a data plan, you're, you've, you've missed the whole game. Mm-hmm. You have to have a data plan. For us, what it looked like is we had a whole database team after every service entering data. We asked people, ask people to let us know what their next step is. And whether they did that on a card that we then entered or they did it digitally, 
all of the data going into one place and then having a data expert that can roll through that and then get it spit out so that everybody on the team can then work through and manage the data. Now, the automated follow-up. So on top of the personal follow-up we do, we're going to talk about in just a second, the automated follow-up is text messages, emails, and you need a good rhythm of automation that complements your personal high-touch contact individually so you need both of those you need to hit the air game which is the automated you need the ground game which is the personal contacts and um if you're gosh i just can't say it enough if you're not in there in the data you're missing it yeah so uh and and that leads into our guest services system what we do to follow up intentionally with every single guest look talk a little bit about that we have a we have a clear plan of what we do on monday what we do on Tuesday, what we do on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for the first week, second week, third week, fourth week of the month. And this will be added to the, to the, um, to the notes that you can get. It's a whole system that we have. We have a system for everything, right? So this one is a system for our guest follow-up system. And I think it's vital. It complements, as Matt just said, the personal touches. But you've got to have something that's going in the background that lets them know you have not been forgotten. We do care about you, and let's give you some direction. Yeah. You talk to us. Um, so, yeah, you'll see this here. And actually, we have even made adjustments to this. So on the day they come, they're getting a phone call. Mm-hmm. And we lead that with a text because texts are, are above 90% and phone calls are below 60%. Emails are below 25%, I think, now. Um, and so texts are really the best way to lead that. Either way, they're getting a personal touch on the same day. And that individual that reaches out to them that day will be the person that follows through for four or six weeks. Um, and so that hopefully over time, if they don't respond right away, they're going to respond eventually. And then we get an, they get an email um, on the next day. They also have, uh, we drop something in the mail on Monday so that by Wednesday, that's coming. It's a thank you. Typically, that goes to families to say, hey, we're super glad that you trusted us with your kids, something along those lines, yeah. and then another phone call. So it's all just in there, um, weaved in with the automated situation. And you just have to be intentional. You've got to have a plan. And with every system, you've got to have a person for the system. Yeah. And then work your system. Yep. All right. Number nine is um, what I call let's make May memorable. So let's say you're coming out of Easter and you're going into the month of May. Whatever the big day is, whatever month you're coming up next, make that next month so memorable, it gives people another reason to come to church, right? So for May, for example, everybody know Mother's Day is coming up. So if that's it, then you have a Mother's Day meeting and you try to do the Sunday best and you try to make sure you give a best hat so the ladies can really dress up. Uh, Number two, you can do, so what we're going to do is you're going to have baptism that month. You're going to have Mother's Day. You're going to have graduation you're going to have a membership class and you're going to have um yeah those those four no there's one more so mother's day graduation baptism baby dedication and membership five sundays and so when it's membership then you tell everybody bring your friends to let you see as you join the church or if it's baptism bring your friends let them see you celebrate or if it's graduation we're celebrating grads today big cake outside we're gonna have stuff for for grads if you're a graduate you need to come and we're gonna honor you and we're gonna speak life into you if it's mother's day you know what we do with the mom so your assignment is just to make memorable moments have um backgrounds outside people can take pictures with all that kind of stuff so it's just a really cool special experience 
for your guest. That's just another way for them to return. So you did the personal touch, you did the automated touch, now you're giving them experiences that they can now come to to normalize coming back to church. Because we believe that everybody comes to church every week. Most people don't. You're trying to get people to normalize coming to church every week, and you have to create environments to do so. So you create memorable moments in May to make that happen so that it can be, hey, grads, we want to celebrate you. Hey, moms, we want to celebrate you. Hey, kiddos, we want to do the baptism, whatever that takes. Any thoughts on that, you guys? For me, do not be scared of the holidays. Don't be scared of Mother's Day. Don't be scared of Memorial Day in May. Instead of being scared of those days and just say, hey, you know, Memorial Day, people aren't going to come to church. They're going to be out vacationing. Give them a reason to make their vacation here. So don't be scared. Have a baby dedication. Have a baptism. Give people a reason to make that a time where they invite their friends and family to come in town to hear, to be with them and to come to your church. Y'all, that's gold, for real. You do need to do that. It changes the don't game every time. All our, all, our baby, all our baby dedications, July 4th weekend, and what's the other one? Is it Memorial uh, Day, Memorial Day, Day weekend? Yeah. So that we know people are going, well, we also want people to come. Yeah. And it changes the whole dynamic of your church. So make sure you do that. It's a brilliant idea to make your low Sundays a memorable Sundays so people want to come to church. That's awesome. Cool. All right, what are you taking us away with, Luca? Is it that pastors need to call everybody or the immediate class is falling? Let's call that number 10 and let's address those two as lastly. Yeah, and um, actually both are important, but the, we've already touched on the pastors calling everybody, and you just can't overemphasize that. But the last one is immediate classes on all stuff, which we touched on, but you can't, you can't miss the boat on that. And having really Zoom calls have kind of changed the game, so they don't even have to show up. We actually have one starting here. In a few minutes, it's a membership class. There's a volunteer class and a baptism class all happening. And again, it gives, it dovetails to a point that Pastor Conway made a minute ago, which was that at the end of every conversation, there's another connection for them to go to. So we never leave a conversation off without pointing them to something else and hopefully offering them a chance to say, yeah, I want to jump in on that. And for the most part, if people are moving in the direction of church, and right now, a very natural time for people to do that, then they're going to say, yeah, put me in on that. If you strike while the water is still boiling, it's going to stay hot. If you miss it and it cools and it's a week later, it's not too late right now. Um, then, then you have to get you have to get them all worked up again to be back in church. Um, why reinvigorate that interest when it's already there? Let me just say this, everybody, uh, as we as we come to our uh, concluding time. Um, uh, there's not just the professionals are not the only priests. God created a kingdom of priests. One of the number one mistakes I think pastors make is that you you don't call people to embrace their priesthood and to embrace their calling as a volunteer in the church. And I think we've done it to our own peril. And uh, I think we're missing out on calling people to God's call on their lives for the greatest redemptive work in human history. And we get to be a part of it. And we oftentimes think every single thing else is important. But I'm telling you that when somebody does their calling and does it, in attachment to the kingdom of God, there is nothing on the planet like it. Why? Because God has placed an eternal hole in everybody's heart. And only doing 
what he calls you to do attached to his church, will that be filled? Not even corporate can fill it. It has to be attached to his church. Why? Because you're living for all of eternity. And it's until what you do impacts eternity, it will always be a void. We have done a bad job of encouraging the church of Jesus Christ to walk in their divine design for the glory of God. And I'm just asking you to step up. We can't let not one person slip through the cracks because the stakes are too high. And the enemy wins every time somebody does not do what they're called to do in your church. The enemy wins because he has successfully distracted them away from what God has placed in their heart to do. That's why it's our job to step up and make sure this thing works for the glory of God, for the advancement of his kingdom, and for his glory. Hope this was helpful. What do you got, Matt, in closing? Um, so that was the second closing. So oh. you were preparing to close and then in closing. So I was just trying to figure out how many closings we were Just gonna... the last close. Matt's got the last close. Closing? Yeah, Matt's got the last <laughs> close. He got the last close. He's... You're going to walk away and then come back. But, oh, Lord. No, I, what you shared there, and for too long, um, we thought attaching to their purpose meant them coming to us. And now because of technology, we're able to come to them and meet them right where they're at. And the whole point of the classes is it used to be you have to come to us if you're committed. Now we can be in their office, in their living room. We can be everywhere with Zoom. Now, do we still do things in person? Yes, we have in-person options too. But now it's, it's no longer you have to come to me. It's now we can come on your home court and we can still make this happen, and it's a lot more healthier for us. So, Actually, I think, it's, I think we need to do this on another podcast. That is the danger of making ministry easy for volunteers. The danger of that. That's a whole other podcast, by the way. But I promise you, don't let them get too used to it being all at their convenience because that's a dangerous trend line to follow over time. But do have the flexibility of both, but just don't make it too easy for them. Because the the model, and I mean, Jesus, he made it super easy for everybody to come, but the more you got closer to him, the commitment got tighter. I love it, man. All right, cool. Take hey, us away. thanks for joining us on the podcast today. The Leadership Roundtable, one of the greatest things you could do is, if this has been helpful to you, is share it. Uh, maybe send a text, a link. Go to the webpage. Again, visit 1cc.com slash Leadership Roundtable. We pray this has been an encouragement to you and to your team. And um, we're just grateful that you joined us this week listening in. We cannot wait to see you next week. Thank you, Pastor Conway Edwards. Thank you, Pastor Luke Brownell. Bring in the vocab and the illustrations. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. It has been an honor to have you here with us. Now, just want to remind you that all of the resources we talked about today are available online at visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. Now, if this has been helpful, leave us a review, go out there and hit subscribe, and more importantly, share this with your team so that everybody can grow. We can't wait to see you next time.